Welcome, everyone, to the Wild Will Throwdown, Episode 4. Welcome, everyone. We are proud to be here today, of course. We are sponsored this year in the 2023 season by White's Auto Sales for a nicer used car. Check them out at 1311 U.S. Highway 31 in Austin or give them a call at 812-794-2886. And as always, I'll welcome in now my co-host of the Wild Will Throwdown, Mr. Hawk Harold Adams from Race 8. Well, Hawk, the wheats keep rolling, and here we are over the halfway point of April. Can you believe it? Yeah, well, you know, time flies when you're having fun, but, uh, you know, that's all, that's what we do is uh, have fun watching races and, and talking about the races, and we got plenty to talk about again. We do, plenty to talk about, and, of course, nasty Mother Nature still not wanting to go away, as we'll get into that a little bit later on, but uh, it's a great show today, including the topic of the week, this past weekend's events. This week's guest coming off a win at the newly revamped I-65 Speedway in Scottsburg, the Brooks Bandit, Ben Harmon, of course, the son of Hall of Famer Chris Harmon that so many people in the area know and love, and previewing this week's schedule and racing around the area. But let's now get started with the topic of the week. And Hawk, do you know what this week's topic of the week is? Uh, what we got? Promoting. Lovely. <laughs> so, the bad P word that so many people kind of turn to and, and look at is uh, the money makers of the industry. Promoters are rich, right, Hawk? Uh, well, that's the theory. Uh, you know, that's the way it's looked <laughs> at. But uh, I don't think it's uh, always true from what we figured out. I, I tell you, you know, I, I started in the announcing business in 2000, well, in the area, 2019, on my fifth year. And uh, every year it can get a little more responsibility. And, you know, I'm just, it baffles me the amount of people that think promoters are rich. And, and some are in your higher series. But uh, the reason, I, you know, promoting our topic of the week this week, looking deep down into it, I mean, l let's look at different promoters, okay? So promoter running a racetrack. Well, promoters also have to fill their staff. They also have to get sponsoring uh sponsor packages and, and marketing they have to market uh bringing in bigger series trying to you have to go negotiate contracts and, and then you have to worry about the purse payout and, and is your grandstands going to cover that purse payout and and all of this stuff people do not know what goes into promoting yeah, it's true. Uh, it's sort of a something that's sort of taken for granted, if you will. You know, you, you uh, your your fans, your drivers, whatever they go to the racetrack, and you know, for years or whatever, and you know, it's just there and it's set up, and they think you know, it, it's it's everything's ready to go, and it, there's just a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you don't really don't think about. All the little things have to be taken care of all week. You know, each and every week. No doubt. You're exactly right. And, uh, you know, me now on more of the promoting side, I guess you could say, and, and, and being a race director of the operations, you know, I get to see a lot of things that I did not see, you know, uh, working alongside Eddie Van Meter and Shannon Mastin, the owners at Circle City, you know, people just don't see the, the, the work that promoters do. You know, the work, it's not a, it's not a Saturday job and show up, if you will. Um, you know, people don't realize that. You know, I talk to Shannon and Eddie a lot, and it's around the clock, especially, you know, also with dirt tracks. Uh, Eddie and Shannon have to worry about, you know, how many times the staff is working the track or, or the dirt track or 
uh, Mike Gibson down at Sportsdrome, you know, worrying about concessions, worrying about tires, the tire purchasing game, which has been a nightmare here in the last couple of years. You know, Kevin at oh, Speedrome, yeah, the same. Yeah. You, you know, you, you yeah. look at all these different aspects, and it's not just show up, give your money to the track, and pay to race, and everything's humpy go lorry, but it, it's a lot more than that because then at the end of the night, you have to make sure that you made a little profit to put into the next week. That's true. And, you know, they, they have all this responsibility and all this work to do and, and, and things that have to be done and taken care of. And there's a lot of different people involved that they're, they're dealing with, as you said, sponsors, employees and such. And, you know, in this, in this type of business too, you know, you're, you're trying to do what's best. And as we've said before, generally, it's hard to make everybody happy. So that's another thing, you know, they have to deal with all the negativity because not always are you going to please everybody with your decisions. Oh no, absolutely not. You know, and that's one thing, you know, when I first started announcing in 2019 at Sportstrom, and of course I can only go off of my experiences. That's why I kind of use myself as an example. When I first announced, you know, I did. I just showed up. I, I course, social media and, and did a lot of that good stuff and interacted with the fans and stuff. And 2020 comes in, and you, everyone knows about 2020 race season. We announced probably in the stands by ourselves because of the COVID pandemic. Uh, 2020 goes by. 2021, I'm getting a little more responsibility and whatnot, so I'm seeing a little more. Uh, and then Salem Speedway, when I started to go there, I started doing more administrative stuff. And then now Circle City being director of race ops, which is the ultimate, you see everything. And it is a task. I can tell you that. But now, don't take this for granted. It's a rewarding task. It's great to see things go smoothly or try to go smoothly because it's kind of like, it's not like wrestling. I'm going to make a re- wrestling reference here because... You know, wrestling, you have the script. Well, guess what they always say about wrestling? It's live TV. Anything can happen, right? Well, that's exactly what race week is. Every week when you're trying to do the production of the show, things are not going to always go smooth, and you have to be prepared just to kind of handle it the best way possible. And, you know, I just wanted to do that this week, the topic of the week, promoting, because a lot of people, uh, but Harold, you'll, you'll contest to this. Everyone online and on Facebook is a promoter, right? Yeah, I was going to say everybody uh, has has had their experience with promoting because everybody thinks that uh, it's easy and they have all these ideas. But you know, it's funny that people have these different ideas. But that's a, just the point. So if you liked it, but someone else says no, this is the way it should be. Of course. Well, then those two people have disagreed already, and so you're already showing that you're not hundred percent right. I guess. So you, know, you know what I'm saying. No, I know exactly what you're saying, and, uh, you know, that that's the thing about it, and people just don't understand it, and worrying about the rules, and if this rule is right, and this rule is wrong, and you have five guys in the pit area, you know, coming up to you, asking you questions, which we try yeah, the best and, to our abilities, but, you know, sometimes we just don't reach that goal. Yeah, and of course, too, I want to mention real quick, too, in case a lot of people don't know, I do have the hands-on experience of that a little bit, not as an actual track promoter, but, you know, I've run the uh, Race 8 uh, Pro Formal Drive Series at Sportstrom for several years, so I, I actually take care of all the rules and, and take care of all the drivers and all the situations that come about, uh, run the race receivers, so I've had a good taste of that over the, you know, several years, and it is a lot more stressful on nights where I have to do that compared to the nights where we we don't run the front-wheel drive, and I don't have to worry about that. It's a, it's a lot different. Oh, absolutely, and uh, 
Well, that'll wrap up. That's about it for the topic of the week. It was a good topic this week. You know, we just wanted to give people an insight on actually what a promoter is, you know, and what they do and just not handling and collecting money each and every week. Now, I'm not speaking for all tracks, um, but, you know, it's it's a tough job out there. But, uh, you know, that's the topic of the week. Now we're going to go into some results from around the area this past weekend. And, uh, Hawk, I'm going to start with you down at the Jeffersonville Sports Drum Speedway. All right, yeah, thanks, Will. Uh, yeah, another uh, action-packed night, if you will, was LRS 102 night. So I had some things going on there. But we uh, had basically a regular night plus my uh, race eight front-wheel drive Pro ovals were on hand, so we'll just start with that. Uh, of course, my uh, Race 8 series there, sponsored by Merrill Beerman Excavating. And uh, the winner of the Dash was Caden Cook. And the winner of the feature, last year's series champion, Jamie Beerman Harbin. And so uh, she's back on track. And we'll also want to thank her for also sponsoring the Pro Front Wheel Drive Dash this week. Uh, as I said, won by Caden Cook. But looking to the Kentucky and Tank Wash Modified Figure Eights Heat Races, won by Roy Taylor, which is great to see him win, and uh, also Mike Berry. Then the feature event went to uh, Gary Isgrig in a battle with Mike Berry, but it was Isgrig taking the victory there in the 25-lap feature. The ICA Sportsman Division, uh, Heat Race winner Justin Key. And in the feature race, uh, some excitement in that one there at the end, last lap battle, between Austin Williams, who led most of the way, him and Royce Harmon were battling for the lead for several laps, and they tangled on the last lap, last turn, spun out, giving the victory to Marcus Elliott. Uh, also, uh, looking at the affordable Fords, of course, uh, they've been coming out in record numbers this week. Another great turnout, about 60 cars on hand. Uh, this week on the uh, Ford Ovals, the heat races won by Peyton Whitsett, Ricky Puckett, Kevin Cox, Adam Grimsley, Theo Shelton, and uh, Jamie Behrman Harbin. Uh, the A feature uh, won by Mike Bailey as, uh, once again, uh, top two cars battling hard. And uh, Craig Wilder and Brandon Winters were up there, but they uh, – they uh, uh, both kind of took themselves out of the race, although winners did score a third-place victory. But it was Mike Bailey taking the victory in the A feature. In the B feature, it's good to see Jeff Hubre uh, in victory square. He's had a lot of bad luck over the past year or so. So it was good to see him get a win and get a victory there to get him uh, get that uh, uh, monkey off his back, if you will. Uh, then, of course, the C feature – also ran, and it was won by Joshua Chris. And the Fords also on the figure eight uh, run a full night of heats and features. Uh, heat races won by Russell Nolan, uh, who was uh, who is running a, uh, a Rocky Glover tribute car this year. Uh, he gets the victory in the first heat, and also Jacob Robertson went in the second heat. And Jacob Robertson went on to win uh, made it a double win this night, and it was uh, Jacob Robertson taking the victory in the 25-lap Ford figure eight feature. So there you have it. Awesome. Another great night down at the Sports Drum Speedway. Uh, so many known uh, known uh, know Sports Drum as the Ford capital of the world because that's where it was created. That's where the most car count comes from. So awesome racing in all divisions down there. Now we're going to go up to the Indianapolis Speed Drum as the Browns Oil Service Late Model Figure 8 was in action as they saw the outlaw Jesse Tunney capture the win, followed by Austin Tunney there, two Tunneys back-to-back up there at the Speed Drum. 
They had 20 late model figure eight cars on hand. Donald McIntosh did not start the feature that night. Problems for that young man. Also in action was the Shelbyville Auto Parts Street Stocks. They were in action as Jordan Gonder clinched the win there. The Reef Aquarium Shop Adult Fast Car saw Manny Aguilar pick up the win. We know at Manny, don't we? Oh, yeah, he's a veteran to the sport and veterans to outlaw figure eights. So picked up a win up there in the Adult Fast Carts. The Legends Series were on action. Get this, Harold. The Legends Mini Late Models on the Oval and figure eight. Guess what? Legends won by Xavier King. Mini Late Model Over won Oval won by Xavier King. And the figure eight won by Xavier King. How about that? Three-peat. I would say that was a very successful night for that young man. Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, you know, we talk about the Legend Series cars a lot. Basically, here we go. We had, you know, it's like being born, right? So, <laughs> a birth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an analogy here that's funny um, to me because it's funny. You had the Fords, you know, then they're they're evolving, right? So now you had this little Legend car, but now you have Mod Lights, which is now a Legend car popped from now a dirt Legend car with a modified body. And then you have Legends cars with all the parts are Legends on a late model figure eight car. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I know when I uh, talked about this last year, starting that division, it was it created a lot of interest. And they, they of course, they build the cars right there at third turn. And so uh, they've got some cars getting built or trying to build that division up. And uh, it'd be interesting uh, once they get that thing really up and running because uh, those are interesting cars to watch. And, yeah, as you say, uh, it's funny that they are actually basically legend cars. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Actually, versatile. You you could use parts, and it, it's versatile. If you have a legend car versus a mod light versus a mini late model, it's pretty neat. Up to the Lawrenceburg Speedway, they were back in action as Dalton Smith picked up the win in the Hornets division. The pure stocks went to Joel Andrews, number 56. The UMP modified saw the 9H of Matt Hamilton pick up the win. And then the sprint cars, of course, went to Nick Bilby in the number 17. Huge event down at the Florence Speedways. They finally held their spring 50 event. The Hornet win went to Kevin McCoy. The Crate Late Model win went to Billy Vaughn. Cole Falloway clinched the win of the UMP Modifieds. And the 47th annual 10,000-win spring 50 event went to Josh Rice in the number 11. So, great night up at Florence Speedway. Up next, Paragon Speedway, the ultimate heart of America's super late models were in action this past Saturday at the Paragon Speedway where they had a great field of supers on hand. The Reaper Ryan Gustin chased the World of Outlaws last year. He clinched the win there. Lincoln Park Speedway, a great car count. 29 410 non-wing sprints were on hand. The 2H of Brian Hayden picked up the win. The Dirt Car UMP Modifieds went to the D48 of Derek Groomer. Bombers went to the number 21 of Joseph Raber. And guess what? Anderson Speedway held their race on the high banks of Anderson. CRA was on hand. Two first-time CRA winners. Sportsman Late Model went to Caston Everage, and the CRA Street Stocks went to Dalton Connor. And Vore Series picking up where he left off in 2022. Harold, you know a little bit about this guy. Chris Jennings back in victory lane. Yeah, that's a popular name, that last name there with the Vore Series. Those guys are always tough. Absolutely. Volunteer Speedway down in Bulls Gap, Tennessee, one of my favorite dirt tracks. Almost like Anderson, high bank, short track up on a mountain, it seemed like. Uh, the XR Series, $100,000 to win for the Super Late Model, 60 cars on hand. Barry Braun and team did an exceptional job, sold out capacity crowd. Mac Daddy Dale McDowell picked up the $100,000 payday. And, of course, your Premier Series, the NASCAR Series, was at Martinsville Speedway. The NASCAR Cup Series on Sunday where Kyle Larson for Team Hendrick Motorsports picked up the win. And race fans, drivers, crews, that's going to do it for segment one here of the Wild Will Throwdown. Up next will be segment two, an interview with the Brooks Bandit, 
the young standout modified driver, Ben Harmon. And joining me now on the hotline is none other the driver of the number one UMP modified standout, Mr. Ben Harmon. Ben, thank you, sir, and thank you for joining me this week here on the show. Uh, really looking forward to this conversation. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've been wanting to do something like this for a while and just really never had the chance. So I appreciate you for reaching out and want me to talk on here a little bit. Hey, absolutely, man. Uh, that's what people want to know. They want to kind of dive into the lives of the racers and the short track racers and get to know them a little more. So uh, let's jump into it. Um, before we All talk right. uh, a little bit uh, now, at, you know, our listeners love to know the backstory on how you got started into racing. So I've known your father for years. I've watched him as a child at the Louisville Speedway uh, before it closed in the early 2000s racing figure eight cars. But uh, talk about really how you got interested and involved in the sport of racing. Uh, you know, well, growing up, well, I'm only 19, but I would always, you know, see my dad out in the garage and, you know, I've always had an interest in cars and then I got old enough, you know, to kind of help him a little bit and I always went to the track with him and then uh, I think I was I don't know maybe eight or nine years old and I ended up racing a, a go-kart uh, for like two or three seasons out there at the Clark County Fairgrounds and um, you know that kind of went well but I really got into heavy to playing basketball all the time so I didn't have really time you know during school to race and I just kept going with my dad, and uh, the year, you know, COVID really took over, uh, a couple of me and my buddies, actually, we was like, you know, let's let's get go-karts, and we all got us some racing go-karts, and we built us a dirt track in the backyard, and we all, you know, we, we raced out there for, heck, I don't know, the whole year it was going on, and, and you know, I'm I graduated high school and I was telling my dad, you know, I, I kind of want to go dirt racing and give it a try. So then, you know, he was like, all right. And he was, you know, he'd won about everything you could win in the figure eight world. And he was ready to kind of get out of it and do something new. So we got this dirt car and off we went. So that, that leads me to my next question. You know, a lot of people have asked me this from knowing your father and, and now that you race, why dirt, and more specifically, why a dirt modified? Um, well, I don't know. You know, I, I really enjoyed going to the, you know, speed drone and sports drone and watching him on the asphalt. But, you know, I got into really watching all these dirt guys and, you know, not going necessarily ain't a bad thing, but I kind of wanted to travel and you know, do my own thing and us all to start something new. I didn't really want to, you know, try to live the world he was living. Sure. With the asphalt stuff. And I don't know. I just really wanted to go dirt racing. And we, uh, he actually, uh, knew a guy that had a, uh, dirt modified for sale. And, you know, we talked about it and, uh, we, we thought about maybe getting into a crate late model. And then, you know, we didn't really, we thought maybe the late model was a little more technical, which I don't think it is. <laughs> and uh, we just kind of got this dirt modified a couple years ago and just kind of went at it. And we've had a blast with it so far. Yeah, that's awesome. We've been keeping up with you. A lot of people have been keeping up with you and how you're doing. And, uh, you know, like you said, alluding to, 
you know, there's nothing wrong with asphalt, but now dirt seems to be where you could travel and, t- and take your modified because a lot of the modifieds use the UMP dirt car rule uh, or rules, and a lot of tracks are certified UMP, and I know we are at Circle City, but, you know, that that's a good point, you know, where you could take a figure eight car, you, you can go all over the country, but it's far in between, right? So I understand that point of view on that. So now the next question is, where does Ben Harmon see himself five to ten years in the racing industry? Are we staying with the dirt car modified, or are we going up a little more? Oh, uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, definitely. I think I wouldn't mind maybe stepping into a figure eight car for like, you know, a night or two, or just letting me practice. Somebody let me practice one, you know, just to, sure. just to, you know, tell my show my dad that hey, I can you know drive your kind of car too, but. Uh, <laughs> I could see your I mom's think, face, by the way, when you say that. Oh, yeah. I don't think she'd be too happy to see me <laughs> cutting that. <laughs> so, now, uh, but, go ahead. Oh, uh, like you were saying about the other car, you know, you know, later on down the road, I would really like to step into a late model. But, you know, to go do a late model thing, I would like to have been, you know, one of the top guys in the dirt modified. You know, sure. I'd like to win a couple of you know, a couple of big shows in it for a couple of years and be really competitive. And, uh, then I would like to step into a dirt late model or something along that line. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, now we, we, we start off with your new nickname here. As many people know, especially in the dirt war, there are many nicknames. I, I could go on and on for the people I know. Superman, Jonathan Davenport, scrub, Rick Eckert, the high side tickler, Kyle Strickler, now you have the Brooks Bandit Ben Harmon. Because I actually asked you about that at Scottsburg, which we'll get to that here in a second, because we saw it on the name or the number. Uh, but but tell people and listeners how you came up with the name Brooks Bandit. Uh, you know, well, we live uh, where we live. It's Brooks, Kentucky, and uh, you know, playing basketball, everybody always just called me B Time for some reason. That was kind of my <laughs> nickname. My nickname going through that. And, uh, well, my first year I was just B time and we had a lightning chassis. And then we got, uh, with, uh, Brian Barber with the bandit race car deal. And, yep. and, uh, you know, we live in Brooks and we got a bandit chassis and, you know, somebody just called me that one day and it kind of, it kind of stuck and, you know, it was kind of catching on. So then I put it on my car and the rest was history. Yeah, it, no, it fits you perfect. You know, I, I'm from Shepherdsville, Kentucky. You know, I uh, grew up here, and I, I know where Brooks is, same county. And, you know, you went to North Bullet, correct? Uh, yes, sir. See, I went to your rivalry, Bullet Central. So I, I get it. I know Bullet East, Bullet Central, North Bullet. So that's pretty cool. I know, I know you were big in the basketball deal there, so that's pretty cool how you started all that fun stuff in school. But uh, now let's talk about a little more racing. So, you competed at the Dome in America Center at St. Louis at the Gateway Dirt Nationals and shortly after Florida Speed Weeks. So I was there at the Gateway Dirt Nationals, and I believe you got your first flip there. Uh, wasn't a violent flip, but uh, definitely a rollover nonetheless. But uh, explain how that whole experience was. Really, you know, I tell people, you can't go to the Dome and expect a racetrack that you would have out here in conditions and humidity and all that stuff it's more of the experience. How was that experience being in a stadium like that? That's pretty cool. Oh man, there's that. There's there's really no way to describe it, really. So uh, 
you know, we obviously watched it on TV. And um, I always liked that Thunder Valley Raceway, and it was kind of rough and small. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't really know how to get invited to it. And uh, I seen a place where you could put in on Facebook, and I had a bunch of people, my friends and everybody vote. And we got to go up there. And I, I can remember the first, uh, the first night we was there, they do the – like load in night where you go in and load in your stuff and yeah nobody was uh i wanted to look at the track you know we're in this big facility i was like man where's the track so we're looking all around and we and uh i walked up to the track and was actually standing on the racetrack and well i wasn't supposed to be but there wasn't no signs or no people telling us not to until security got so that was (laughs) a little interesting and uh you know, just going there, like, rolling through, you know, that, that tunnel coming out of there in your car, just all the people in the yeah. stands and just that place. It was just – it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, I would really like to go back, but, you know, we had to do a lot of work. <laughs> to, sure. You know, fix everything and whatnot. But I would, I would really like to, if I would get invited again this year, I would definitely be back. Oh yeah, you know that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know Cody Sumner and what they plan on doing differently this year. Uh, you know, I've went ever since 2016. I watched it when we were based down in South Carolina for the Army. I watched it on TV. Ever since then, I said, you know what? Next year I'm going. And since 2017 to now, I've haven't missed one. So as a a person who loves it and a true fan of the sport, it's an it's a spectacle. It really is a spectacle. So, but shortly after now, you had Florida Speed Weeks, correct? Tell us about a little bit competing down there and so many nights in a row. You've had a lot of damage here and there, but you never gave up. You come back, but that has to be strenuous on a crew. Oh, yeah. Uh, it definitely, you know, going down there, we was all kind of looking to get away, you know, from work for a week. And sure. Somebody told us, they was like, well, you boys, y'all ain't going on no vacation. <laughs> and, you know, we was we were kind of laughing at him, you know, like whatever. And uh, sure enough, we definitely wasn't going on a vacation. Uh, no doubt. If anybody watched it on flow racing, they saw why, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's crueling, but it's, it's definitely worth it. Like oh, yeah. that place down there, we, we didn't get to go to Volusia, but, uh, we only got to take off for the East Bay week. But I think this year we're going to try to do both. But we definitely need to bring a little bit more spare parts. And, you know, going out there and every night, like East Bay, it was a different animal. You know, it's it's pretty big. Uh, it's greasy. It's hard to get your car to handle out there, and it's fast. You know, it. you can really – you can ride the high side or you can try to get around those uh, U-tires down there. But uh, a couple of the first nights, you know – we was pretty good. We was probably good enough to make the show, but the first night, uh, I had a guy stand in front of me and there wasn't nowhere to go. We ended up tearing up the right front. And the next night, uh, we was kind of racing for like second and third. And I got a little too tight on the top and that ended our night. (laughs) We uh, tore the right front off again. And I think the third night, uh, we, we made the show. Uh, the car was really good. We changed a bunch of stuff. The third night, we ended up making the show. And uh, uh, we ended up, we won the B-Main. And that was probably, honestly, the biggest win of my career was winning that B-Main. I mean, it was just a, 
to finally get in the show after, you know, a bunch of long, draining nights. Uh, it was big for me and my team. And we made the show, and well, we uh, made it Thursday again. And Friday, uh, we had a kind of a bad draw. We got in a, we got in a really tough group, and we didn't make it. And Saturday was the big uh, the 75 lapper, and um, we ran okay in our heat race, and I had a good starting spot in the B main and was able to make it in there. And uh, we started, I don't know, 25th maybe, and I ended up uh, 10th after it was all said and done. So, you know, it was a pretty good night. Everybody down there, there's eight, there was 80 cars, and everybody down there is good enough to win just about any track in the world. So it's definitely the top of the line, super heavy hitter, tough guys to beat. And we competed, and it was just – it was a, definitely a learning experience as a driver and, you know, for what adjustments to make and kind of how we need to approach things differently and just – it was a big learning experience for me and my team, and I'm glad we really got the experience. It was a lot of fun. No, absolutely. And I think this year you've shown a lot of speed already, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think this next year, I think you'll have a little more forum this year come uh, time to race, so maybe even park it in victory lane. I'm sure you can. But uh, you came and visited us at Circle City Raceway on our opening night. Of course, we put new clay down. At Clay has to settle, of course. A little bit rough out there, but uh, – the speed you showed had to make you feel good. Overall fastest qualifier, had some bad luck in the feature, and then just picked up a win at the revamped I-65 Speedway at Scottsburg. Uh, what did it mean at Circle City to have the overall fastest and then go to I-65 Speedway, park it in victory lane? That victory had to mean a lot to you, having your mom there in victory lane for the first time. I know she was ecstatic. She talked to me about it being there the first time you won. But, uh, man, you're starting off pretty good. Yeah, uh... We, we definitely haven't been bad. Uh, there's some spots, you know, we're wanting to improve on, but I really I really enjoyed Circle City. I mean, it was, you know, like you said, the new clay had to settle, but I thought, you know, it was pretty good. And it definitely, from last year to this year, it definitely had way more grip. And I'm kind of a throttle dumper, so I really like to get <laughs> on the gas. You know, you could definitely get on the gas at Circle City, and I was, I was happy to be there, and our car was rolling. And like you said, we just we uh, ended up breaking the brake line on the first lap of the feature, and I, uh, there was a caution there. I think if I didn't have the caution, I might have been okay. Sure. Because I was late, and then you know I couldn't really restart there with no brakes. And I think you know we're wanting to try to come back. I think there's a race up there this Friday, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're watching the weather closely. Uh, we'll definitely call it way before time if we don't think we can race, but. Uh, a lot of good competitors coming this Friday night. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to try to show up down there, you know, this coming Friday. And the point, the points deal down there uh, seems really great, too. So uh, I think everybody can expect me in a lot of shows down there and from uh, this year forward. And uh, like you said, at Scottsburg, you know. Uh, That's a fast kinda- track. Long, <laughs> long straightaways. You, you guys in the heat race felt like a feature to me. Oh yeah, it was a it was definitely a long eight laps. I feel like the feature was twenty laps, <laughs> but it felt like it took a shorter amount of time than the really? heat race. For some reason, just the sun, like the sun being in your eyes in the back stretch down there, it made the eight laps feel like we was running the world one hundred. Oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Just, it. Uh, you know, I, I liked it. I think it was cool, and it it's 
by far the closest track, you know, and around my house in only 40 minutes. So yeah, uh, I was glad we got to go up there and we've been having a little bit of bad luck and it, you know, we got the monkey off our back up there and it was cool. You know, my mom, like you said, she was starting to think maybe she was my bad luck. <laughs> uh, I'd won some in the past, but it was just kind of a, a guy's weekend deal. And, you know, I started on the pole probably, I don't know, 10 times or so in front of her, and I just couldn't get it done. And she was starting to think it was on her, but I'm glad, you know, we both got that monkey off our back and we could, we got to celebrate a little bit Wednesday night. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, of course it was dusty. I knew it was going to be dusty, but man, Dean and him on the water, that intermission break made that track a world of difference. So I think once they get that track primed the same as us, I think it's going to be great racing all the way around. Now, Ben, before we wrap up, I always give the drivers a chance to thank any help or their sponsors. I know Bobby, your dad, uh, your grandfather. I know you have tons of people on that car you would like to thank, so uh, go ahead, buddy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, most importantly, you know, I definitely couldn't do it without my dad. Uh, you know, he pretty much, you know, kind of funds the whole deal with Kentucky Clutch and whatnot. And definitely my my mom and dad are a big part of my, you know, whole racing program and everything. And then it would probably, you know, have to be one of my uh, my best friends we put on the same basketball team, uh, Kevin Casey. You know, he, sure. he's been there step of the way he's learned a lot about the car and he helps me every night we're actually out in the garage trying to finish up some tires for brownstown tomorrow so (laughs) we're uh you know we're always on it he always helps me and you know bobby he's been there uh he kind of knew a little bit about about the dirt world before we got into it so you know he's been a huge help and he's always he seems to always be beating out the body on that thing for some reason (laughs) and replacing panels and you know he's really good at all that craftsmanship stuff and my grandpa uh, well they call we all call him papa rance he's uh he's always helping me you know he's out in the garage almost every day just just working you know just working on everything he knows about everything he's just working on everything and then you know for everybody else that always pitches in and gives a hand and uh the sponsor wise you know it'd be Kentucky Clutch, and then uh, the guys down at Bandit Race Cars, you know, Brian and Butch, they've helped me out a lot, and they're real good to us, and uh, Richard Harlow and and, uh, Peyton at the Diamond Auto Collision, they're good buddies of ours, and uh, the WIT, uh, whatever it takes, transmission, they've they've helped out quite a bit, and uh, really everybody on that thing, you know, Premier Parts, Impact Clutch Systems, the list, you know, it could go on and on, but I just appreciate everybody, and, you know, it wouldn't be possible without none of them for sure. Oh, absolutely. Sponsors, I always tell people sponsors is what makes the world go round. Family, your dad's business, Kentucky Clutch, that company has been around, goodness, ever since I was a kid, you know, so it's really cool to see and uh, what your dad does and, and does for motorsports. It seems even when I go to a fair tractor pool, I see Kentucky Clutch. So your dad does a lot for the racing community, and uh, that's pretty cool that you're carrying on the tradition of being in motorsports, being, you know, Chris Harmon's son. So uh, it, it was always interesting when we as kids at Louisville Speedway seeing those red uh, six out there, the 17, all the Harmons, uh, you know, it was pretty cool growing up. Well, Ben, thank you for joining me today on episode four of the Wild Wild Throwdown. We truly appreciate it and learning the insight. 
All right, man. I really appreciate having me. Thank you, y'all. You're welcome. That was the driver of the number one Dirt Modified, the Brooks Bandit, Mr. Ben Harmon. Welcome back to the Wild Will Throwdown, episode number four. Coming up next, upcoming events for the weekend in Hawka. Unfortunately, here we go. We have to deal with a little bit of Mother Nature this weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, um, this time of year, you know, the weather's up and down. So we, at least this past weekend, it was really nice around the area. And we got some good weather in and some good racing. But as you said, uh, we're going to have to deal with it. It looks like this coming weekend. But uh, how about that? We didn't talk much about Scottsburg and I-65 Speedway, but how about that Ben Harmon picking up that UMP Modify win at the Scottsburg Fairgrounds uh, at the I-65 Speedway? It was a very successful night. How about that? Yeah, I know. Everything went really well. You know, everybody was kind of wondering how that, that opening night was going to go and everything, and, you know, and, and it really went well. Everybody, there was a lot of good positive vibes from that, some good racing and some uh, good talk about that. So we're looking for uh, some good things ahead this season in uh, 2023 for uh, I-65 Speedway. Yes, indeed, and Ben Harmon, I think he's going to get a, a more more modified wins as the season goes, but uh this Friday night, Circle City Raceway up at the Marion County Fairgrounds. We will be up there again. Of course, all of these are weather pending. Uh, we have the Hadley Towing and Recovery Crate Late Models, the Sherco Group UMP Dirt Car Modifieds. And now, three divisions making their debut for the 2023 season, the 410 Steelbox Sprint Cars, the Pure Stocks, and the Ford Crown Vicks. Always exciting, Hawk. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a good one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. A lot of Crown Vicks expect at Pure Stocks. Actually, 410 count looks great. Modifieds and crates always have put on a show there. Uh, so we're looking forward to that this weekend. Pit gates open at 4, grandstands 5, racing at 7.30. The Indianapolis Speed Drum is in action this Saturday with the Browns Oil Service Late Model Figure 8, the factory front-wheel drive, the four Crown Vicks on the Oval N8, and Junior Fast Carts are going to be up there as well. And uh, Hawk, uh, Sports Drum Speedway closed this weekend due to thunder over Louisville here. Uh, always a big time as they kick off the Derby festivities. Of course, Derby festivities really have priority alert, a lot of stuff in the area. Yeah, you know, uh, for years uh, they used to go ahead and run the, the races, Sports Drum, during thunder, but the thunder over Louisville, it got so big and so big and just bigger and bigger and bigger. It just got to be where a lot of guys who come from Louisville, you know, it's just hard to – to, to go to the track and go back home with the massive amount of traffic uh, in the area. So, uh, you know, Mike just decided we'd just take this weekend off. So, but with the weather, as we're talking about, it may not be a bad idea. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, logistically, you know, like you said, people just think, well, why don't we race? It's fireworks. Well, there are people that race a lot of people in Kentucky and just getting across the bridge and the second street cr bridge being closed and the traffic and trying to get there and come home and all that stuff. It's just really hectic, so uh, good call there. Uh, Lawrenceburg Speedway up in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, is racing this Saturday with the Kelsey Chevrolet Sprint Cars, the Besslers U-Pull and Safe Hornets, the Koi Auto Parts Modifieds, the Impact Sports Pure Stocks in action. Brownstown Speedway in action this Saturday with the Super Late Models Super Stocks Modifieds Hornets and Crowns Vicks. Uh, then we got Lincoln Park Speedway, which, oh my goodness, the action this past weekend was phenomenal. Well, on this Saturday... It's going to be the 410 non-wing sprint cars, modified super stocks, bombers, mini sprints, and 305 sprints. How about that lineup? Sounds like a dandy for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a huge night in store, and uh, their 410 car count is just booming at Lincoln Park Speedway. Here's another one, Harold. Big news coming out of the South Bend Motor Speedway area. They're set to open this Saturday. Now listen to this lineup. Street stocks, front-wheel drives, 
Hornets, Outlaw Late Models. Are you ready for this? Factory Ford Crown Vicks. Now, we've been up here before, and that's a really neat little track. Very racy and a lot of fun. And uh, I can imagine what the Fords are going to do up there. They're going to put on a show for those people. Oh, absolutely. Could you imagine 24 Fords on that track? I'm sure they'll probably end up getting it, too. (laughs) I tell you, the Fords are booming. I'm I'm telling you, all over the state of Indiana and all over the southern part of the country now, the Fords are going crazy. Well, Hawk, uh, what's your final thoughts going into another great weekend here? Of course, we got to worry about Mother Nature, but uh, a lot of racing to be seen this weekend. But cooler temperatures, but uh, I'm just hoping the rain kind of cooperates. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. You know, uh, as we always talk about, the weather changes every day, so who knows what it'll be like. But, yeah, we're, with sports drone being off, you know, I'm wanting to venture up north, you know, weather pending. If possible, I might uh, join you there at Circle City on Friday, and I'm hoping to go, uh, you know, me and you both to the speed drone probably on uh, Saturday. So we'll see how that goes as, uh, uh, you know, as as we get closer to that. Absolutely. And uh, my final thoughts is, of course, I hope Mother Nature holds off. Uh, there may or may not be an episode next year. Where, or next year. Oh, my goodness. I'm already getting way ahead of myself. Hopefully there's an episode next year. But an episode next week, we're finally, finally, finally moving into the brand new Greenwell Compound headquarters uh, in Lanesville, Indiana. So, uh, Hawk, this is my final week of being a Kentuckian. Can you believe it? I'm going to be Hoosier starting next week. Yeah, you are really moving up in the world. So, uh, you know, we're glad to, we're glad to have you, buddy. Yeah, I'm sure. We're finally moving up in the world. I'll take that. I'll take that. I love Indiana. <laughs> you know, it, it holds the record for the most short tracks in America. Why wouldn't I love Indiana? Why wouldn't anybody love Indiana? There you go. Racing capital of the world. <laughs> well, everyone, that is going to do it for today's show on the Wild Wheel Throwdown Episode 4. I want to thank my special guest, Mr. Ben Harmon, for coming on today. Uh, great to hear his insight and how he started. I want to thank, as always, my co-host, Mr. Hawk Carroll Adams from Race 8 for his help and being the co-host of the Wild Will Throwdown. I want to thank everyone from Dirt 2 Media for their help and giving us the platform, including Dustin, Ryan, and all of the team. I want to thank, of course, Brandon White and White's Auto Sales for being the title sponsor of the Wild Will Throwdown for the 2023 campaign. And, of course, I want to thank all of the drivers, fans, crews for tuning in each week. This show would not be successful without you guys. As for myself, I am Will Greenwell, and I will see you around the turn.